The sports comedy podcast that doesn't want to trade Devontae Adams and won't return your calls because, quite frankly, we don't know where he is. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and trading one of the Chicago Bears' second-round picks for this really cool pog. We will not be extending the pog. Coming up in a bit, former NBA All-Star Dale Ellis and MLB All-Star Brian Jordan join me to talk about their new interactive memorabilia and storytelling show, My Cave, My Rules, along with creator Chris Amerson. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. The Philadelphia 76ers agreed to trade James Harden to the Los Angeles Clippers this week. During Harden's physical, doctors found a Clippers logo-shaped birthmark on his left haunch. It was always meant to be. The Las Vegas Raiders fired head coach Josh McDaniels, who pleaded on the way out the door, Come on, Mark! I'm, I'm just two or three years away from luring Tom Brady back! Four years max! McDaniels will now bring his unique brand of offense to, I don't know, some team that's about to get torched by Devontae Adams' Jets. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins was diagnosed with a torn Achilles after defeating the Green Bay Packers. Very ironic, considering tendons are the chains of the body. Cousins can now be a free agent at the end of the season, poised to make up to $35 million annually in Cole's catch. Will Levis and the Titans defeated the Atlanta Falcons, but Arthur Smith confused fans yet again by installing backup Taylor Heineke in place of Bijan Robinson at running back. What is that guy doing? The Dolphins defeated the Patriots, meaning Tua Tagovailoa has still never lost to Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick has still never lost a game of chicken with Robert Kraft. After week 12, Kraft's going to be like, it is with deep regret that I announce I have fired myself. Goodbye, everyone. Tyrod Taylor, who's being kept alive by zip ties and glue, left Sunday's rain-soaked battle with the Jets with a bad-looking rib injury. That gave third stringer Tommy DeVito the chance to be a local hero. Unfortunately, he finished the game as the 594th ranked Google result for Tommy DeVito Hero, behind a whole bunch of police and fire banquets with six-foot party subs. DeVito completed two passes for negative one yards, which is pretty bad, but the Giants were about to win anyway until Graham Gano missed a chip shot field goal and Zach Wilson drove in a field goal range with two plays in 24 seconds. But look on the bright side, Giants fans. You've never met any of these players, and if they had ever met you, they'd probably hate you. You're worthless. Worthless slime to them. Russell Wilson and the Broncos topped the Chiefs in Denver after Patrick Mahomes wound up on the injury report with a late illness. This was like Michael Jordan's flu game if Jordan went 3 for 24 and everyone was pissed Taylor Swift wasn't there. The Jaguars defeated the Steelers 20-10 in the Chandler Bing Memorial. Could this be any more of a Week 8 Steelers home game? The Eagles came from behind to defeat the Commanders in Washington despite Jalen Hurts' knee bone bruise. That completely changed Philly's playbook. Instead of the tush push, they had to try the tush implied nudge, where the Eagles went to the line and just whispered, imagine if we went forwards en masse. They somehow still went four for four on fourth and one. Hey, can the NFL mentalists get to the bottom of how Brock Purdy cleared concussion protocol so quickly? Either way, we got to figure out this guy soon. He's on every pregame show. America's youth are going to be turned off from becoming NFL players because a freaky mentalist could show up at any moment. One day, you're learning routes, and then 
Boom, you've been hypnotized to recite the name of Matthew Stafford's prom date while doodling an octopus. It's not right. Something is not holy here. Congratulations to Panthers quarterback Bryce Young on securing the last win of his rookie season. Bears quarterback Tyson Bajan's dad was in the spotlight this week, both for being a professional arm wrestler and for being 34 years old. Bajan is, of course, a perfect example of the 10,000 hours theory, which is also the same amount of time the average Bears fan has wasted watching subpar quarterback play, and they never get any better at it. By the way, how do we get Chicago at the Chargers on Sunday Night Football? That's like when you see an Instagram video of a bear wandering through downtown. He's not supposed to be there, and you hope he just keeps walking past gelato stores before he does any damage. And Nikola Jokic called Chet Holmgren of the Thunder, quote, very talented, but he also said he needs to be a little bit fatter. He then asked Holmgren to follow the path of breadcrumbs to his extremely hot private gym. And now Braves and Cardinals star Brian Jordan, Sonics icon Dale Ellis, and the creator of their show, Chris Amerson. Pleased to be joined today by NBA All-Star Dale Ellis, MLB All-Star Brian Jordan, and Chris Amerson, the creator of the new show, the new project that Dale and Brian are working on together. How y'all doing, guys? Doing great. Doing great. Can't complain. Amazing. Well, this show is My Cave, My Rules. And I know there are a lot of elements to this, and you've got both Dale and Brian involved. So, Chris, I would love for you to tell me how this show came to be and what it's all about. Sure. So the show is all about um, picture a sports talk show blended with elements of QVC and Antique Roadshow. Uh, former pro athletes and current pro athletes, they stop by our man cave set uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, hang out, play cave games like foosball, like air hockey, pool, throw darts. Uh, at the same time, while we conduct these great interviews, uh, with the technology that we have embedded in to uh, the video that the company we work with called AI Buy, uh, viewers have a chance to purchase uh, merchandise, uh, limited edition signed items that they know are real because the guests are sitting right there signing them, and also one-of-a-kind memorabilia. It gives the audience a chance to actually interact and participate with some of their first favorite athletes. Um, been working with Dale on the with our chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. He's the president. Uh, he was kind enough to bring me on as COO. And so learning more about um, athletes after they finished playing, the former athletes uh, kind of put together the world, kind of all of our worlds together. Um, my world is in film and television. Their world is in athletics. And we just saw a perfect opportunity to blend uh, entertainment, technology, and sports together. Uh, Brian has had a, a great career after playing as a as a broadcaster. Um, so it was almost a, a no-brainer for him to come on and be our, our main host um, uh, using his great skills that he has with interacting with players and interacting with, with other people. Uh, so we're all executive producers on the show, kind of bringing all of our experiences together to make something great. There is nothing better than athletes telling stories, except for when athletes are telling stories to other athletes. So that's what's so perfect about this concept to me. Mm -hmm. 
um, and you add in the memorabilia element, it's very interesting and, and unique. Brian, you know, you you are the main host. How did you first get involved? When did you meet Dale? Well, I, I've known Dale for a while. You know, we one I was a big fan of his when he played basketball. Uh, but, you know, we play in a lot of golf celebrity tournaments together. And, you know, one thing I know about Dale, he's very humble. He's very good at golf. And he was a great three-point shooter, one of the first, you know, great ones out there. Uh, and, and just to expound on what Chris was saying, uh, you know, it, it's a comfortable environment. And, and I think that's the, the fun part about it. I'm still mad, mad at Dale Ellis because I did an interview with Dale and we played darts. And he beat me in darts, which I'm still mad at. But uh, but that's the environment that we're trying to create. You know, that comfortable, fun environment where our guests can relax and have fun. And, and every fan wants to hear the real story in a fun way. They don't like the seriousness, and you know. So this is this is another element that we bring to the table. And uh, along with the you know the interview, it's fun, but the memorabilia is special. You know, because fans get to see us signing while we're interviewing, signing basketball, signing baseballs. Every guest that we have on has signed something special to, to sell. And uh, every fan out there that loves memorabilia will be listening to the show. And, you know, we make up our own stuff, man. It's our cave, our rule. So we're going to talk about everything and anything. Dale, you know, are you willing to rematch Brian and darts or are you just like going to hold that one over him for a while? Like you got the win. You don't need to try again. I don't know if I want to play him again. See, I, I want a jersey, but I haven't gotten my jersey yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun show, you know, and it's very competitive. We're still athletes, you know, to the, to the, to the end. So it, it, we're, we're competitive. Uh, I met Brian years ago. Brian runs a foundation um, working with kids, supporting kids. And uh, I've been working with the Retired Player Association, the, the chapter here in Atlanta for almost 10 years now. So I attend about 15, 20 charity events a year. And we're connected with a, a ton of athletes uh, around the country. He have a host of athletes living right through the Atlanta area. So uh, we we actually we support one another. You know, it's about giving back to the community. And what we're doing with Chris is uh, providing an opportunity, like he said, was um, uh, creating an opportunity for the guys to stay relevant. You know, mm -hmm. they come in and talk about their lives, uh, their careers, uh, what they're getting ready to get into now, and uh, creating opportunities for them to make money at the same time. Chris, uh, there's obviously a wealth of athletes to work with here. Which guests have you worked with so far? You know, what guests can we expect from the show? Yeah, so we've been really fortunate enough to to have uh, Mr. Ray Allen on, uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, um, Marquise Grissom. Um, who else have we had on? We had uh, Nick Van Axel. Um, so far in this beta period, have we, have we just kind of softly been entering into the market? Amazing. Uh, Brian, Dale, do you have any, like, do you have any dream guests for the show? Do you have any people you're eyeing who you're like, man, I would love to get them in the cave. I'd love to get some of their memorabilia for my personal collection and also sell some. <laughs> well, I, I collect a lot of items, so I still got some guys out there I want to get, you know, and hopefully we'll get like Andrew Jones, Hall of Famers, well, should be in a, the National Hall of Fame, but in the Braves Hall of Fame, Chipper Jones, Smokesy and those guys. 
hopefully I can get those guys on the show, have fun. And, you know, cause I played with them. I know the pranksters that they are. So, you know, I want the fans to, to know the inside story about some of our stories back in the day when we played together with the Braves and also, you know, Ozzy Smith and those guys that I played with mentors. So, yeah, we got a lot of memorabilia to collect. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I know you uh, I know you played with Coach Prime once upon a time. I can't help but note that, like, I would love to hear, you know, I, I can't imagine what he would do if you let him loose in a cave. What's it even been like watching? What's it been like watching his rise this season, you know, as another you know topic of conversation? You know what? It, it's it's fun. Uh, it's fun watching his growth. Uh, he was my favorite teammate with the Falcons. I mean, he made everybody around him better. And that's what I love about him. And watching him at the college level, you know, just do so many great things so early in his career in Buffalo is just amazing to me. And I love when people count him out, you know, because he's always going to prove him wrong and rise to the occasion. So it's it's just fun watching him, you know, getting some humble pie along the way. But, uh, you know, his confidence is strong. And and I know what he's going to do, not just this year with uh, Colorado, but next year when that uh, portal hits. Boy, he's going he's gonna to get some big boys on that offense and defensive line. So it's going to be fun watching his, his college coaching career. And I expect him to be one of the great ones at the end of the day. Yeah, I put myself in the portal. I don't think he wants me, but, like, I just want the opportunity. <laughs> I, I play for him. Um, Dale, what about you? Any like dream guests that you're eyeing for the next couple episodes? No, well, the player you just mentioned, you know, Dion, oh, unbelievable. I was flipping through the channels uh, a couple weeks ago and and saw clips, some clips on uh, Dion. I was amazed. I had no idea of some of the stuff that he was able to accomplish throughout his career. Unbelievable. I mean, athlete, baseball, football, he could do it all. Do it all. He was a rapper. Don't forget he's a rapper, too. (laughs) (laughs) He hosted hosted Saturday Night Live. He was the host of musical guest on SNL, man. Must be the money. Remember that song? Must be the money. (laughs) I just saw the clip. They should show that clip every single week at halftime of whatever, whoever Colorado is. (laughs) <laughs> no, I would love to meet him. I would love to be in the studio with him, just sit down and talk with him. But uh, I, I think it'd be, it, you can't count this guy out. He's, he's, uh, he's always going to be on top of this. Well, that's mm-hmm. what's so beautiful about this show, the, the ability to meet athletes that you guys are intimately familiar with or that you get, you know, you just want to meet and get in a room and, and share their stories. Um, in the, you know, in, inspired by that, I've got some rapid fire storytelling questions for you both, sort of based on the show you're doing. I uh, would love to get your, you know, both Dale and Brian's answers on a couple of these. And then before we sign off, I'll I'll ask Chris for any final thoughts and, and things you guys want to share on the show moving forward. Um, but are, are you guys down to do a, a little rapid fire storytelling? All right, let's go see what happens. All right. Um, well, this is for both Brian and Dale. What's the best piece of memorabilia you own from either your playing days, like stuff that you wore, or just players that you admire? Well, I'll start. I mean, Hank Aaron signed memorabilia. Uh, I have a lot of it, and Hank was a special friend of mine. That's why I came to Atlanta to play for the Braves, so I could meet Hank Aaron. And to to hold on to some of his memorabilia is, is really special, so I got to say Hank. What about you, Dale? 
Uh, there's so many great athletes out there. Uh, Muhammad Ali is my favorite athlete of all time, mm. you know. But I played in the era with Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, a great era of basketball. I believe the best era in basketball. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was my favorite ball player. I uh, On the playgrounds, i throw hook shots. And, uh, but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I pretend to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But uh, Ali, I have his signature, and uh, Brian mentioned uh, Hank Aaron. I had an opportunity to meet Hank Aaron through my relationship with Brian and Marquise Grissom. And uh, that just blew me away as a kid. I grew up watching Hank Aaron play and chasing that home run record. I, have, I actually have his signature on the ball as well. Amazing. Brian, yeah. I got to say, uh, a piece of memorabilia I want in my collection, one of the white whales I'm chasing, is something of yours. Um, I love, you know, when you were on the All-Star team in 1999, uh, yeah. this, is such a, this is such a hat nerd thing. But they used to give you guys hats with the player's signature on the side yeah. like, that you wore in the game. So I'm always looking for those. Whenever one pops up, I try to collect them because they don't. They stopped doing it so long ago. Yours popped up on eBay once, and I was like, oh, I need to get this. And by the time I logged on, somebody else stole it from me. So I guess what <laughs> I'm thinking is, uh, yeah, if you got any leads, please let me know. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I I sure will. (laughs) What was uh what was that game like for you? You played in maybe one of the most memorable MLB All-Star games of all time. You got Ted Williams on the field before the game, Tony Gwynn and McGuire yeah. with him. I mean, what's that weekend like for you? Did you spend any time with Ted that weekend? You know, it, it was very special and I, I it's amazing. I was just speaking last uh yesterday at the touchdown club and a guy asked me that question about being in Boston in that all-star game. And I said it was very, very special. I I don't think there's another all-star game that can top that one to be able to see Ted Williams come out on the golf cart after all the great players who were announced on the middle of the field. Uh, you know, honestly, we didn't even want to play the all-star game after meeting those guys and wanting to talk to them and, and just be a sponge, you know, to their knowledge uh, was, was a lot of fun. But to see Ted, Ted Williams get to shake his hand, that was special because you heard so many great things about him and you watched him as a player. Uh, it was it was a special moment to meet all the greats, man. And uh, like I said, I'll never forget that All-Star game. And I still have a lot of memorabilia from that All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, great. We'll talk offline. That's amazing. Um, I'll go with that. I'll go with this question first to Dale. Um, you know, you guys, once upon a time before you were all-stars, were just rookies coming into the league. You know, pro, you mentioned Kareem was your hero. You're Suddenly you're playing against your heroes. What's right. the first time as a pro, Dale, that you remember you kind of looked at someone on the other team and you were kind of just, you know, a little starstruck, a little blown away, like I'm in the same well, game. Let, let me say this. I, um, I was drafted into the NBA. I, I was a ninth pick in the draft overall. We had uh, gone through some practice sessions and we were playing exhibition games and we had played a few NBA ball games. 
and the Lakers came to town. I was with the Dallas Mavericks. Most people don't know I started with Dallas. They, they recognized me as a Sonic. But uh, it wasn't until the Lakers came to Dallas and I stood next to Kareem that I realized that I, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm actually realized my dream. I'm playing NBA basketball. But being on the floor with some of those guys uh, just, just blows you away. Uh, the hardest team to play against was the Lakers in L.A. because I, I'm a movie buff. So right next to our bench was Jack Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to pass him. You got to perform. So it was uh, it was starstruck a little bit, but um, you got to find a way to work through that and, and, and concentrate on playing basketball. Yeah, that's real star power. He's got the shade <laughs> yelling at the ref. Brian, what about you? I mean, in either the NFL or MLB, what's the first time you looked at a guy on the other sidelines and you're like, I made it. I can't believe I'm playing against this guy. Well, for me, you know, getting drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals uh, first round and getting a chance to to walk on the field after getting drafted and, and stand next to Ozzy Smith, the wizard, you know, after watching him do flips, you know, on TV every year and, and to be there actually next to him, uh, that's that's when I said I have arrived, you know, to, you know, to be next to greatness like that. And on the football field, you know, I was drafted by Buffalo Bill, so – you know, you, you remember those great days of Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith and Cornelius Bennett and all those great defensives they had, you know, just to go out there and play with those guys and know that you're just as good, if not better. Uh, I mean, that was it for you, you know, and your dreams have arrived. <laughs> That's what you dreamed about as a kid. And, you know, finally you're playing next to the greats. What about this, Dale? Who was the funniest teammate you ever had during your time in the NBA? So Dale Threat. I actually played against Adele in, in uh, high school here. Uh, he came out of Thorough High School. Uh, so Dale walked by our bench one and said to our coach, do you have anybody on that bench that can guard me? And I never heard a player talk to a coach that way. And then he ended up being my teammate in Seattle, but he kept me laughing. Got me laughing. He made the game fun because it, it becomes a job at some point, you know, it's no longer um, just that childhood dream. You have to come and, and get it done every single night. So how do you do that? So what I tried to do was uh, escape from the game as much as possible. I wouldn't watch basketball. I'd watch movies. I got out of the game, but uh, he kept me laughing. Um, I could tell you some stories that that'll blow your mind. Um, turning the hooch. You do you know the movie Turning Hooch? Yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks uh, dog. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're gamble. We gamble a lot. Players do. We get together. I don't know about Brian and what he did with the <laughs> but that was downtime for us. So we were on the bus. We're gamble, shooting craps, or playing cards, and the hotel same deal. We gamble. And uh, so Sadell so would always team up with me because I was actually pretty good with shooting a basketball and shooting craps. <laughs> so, <laughs> he teamed up with me. He teamed up. So he teamed up against uh, Gary Payton and um, Xavier McDaniels. And the funniest thing he's ever said, he said, we are Tango and Cash. He said, I'm Cash. No, he said, Dale's cash, I'm tango. 
y'all turn it into hooch. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, which one of them is hooch? Which one? <laughs> it's a funny thing. Once you get the game going, you're winning money. He he had the knack to get up underneath their skin to keep them wanting to win and uh, keep them at a disadvantage. <laughs> so, and you guys uh, kept, kept taking his money, huh? <laughs> See, that's why that's why again my cave my rules you bring in the athletes you get to tell stories like that like brian what, right. what about you who's who's the guy who stands out you're just like that's the funniest guy i ever played with wow i mean i had a lot of guys man uh you know Deion sanders was a funny guy man every practice we, we're dying laughing before practice after practice he was just a straight comedian and then on the baseball side, you know, believe it or not, John Smokes and Greg Maddox were probably the funniest guys ever, you know, always playing pranks and, you know, I, well, playing against Greg Maddox. You know, you look at him with those glasses and looking nerdy birdie. But when we were teammates, it was like, man, this guy's a comedian and most perverted guy ever out there, man. This had us cracking up all the time, man. So you played you played with at least two guys who've been on SNL. I mean, Dion was on the show, and then Mark Wollers was on SNL too. So oh really, Mark Wollers? Oh man, yeah. Another quiet guy. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh well, you guys both played in uh so many iconic sports cities. Uh Dale, what's the favorite sports city that you've ever called home? Uh Seattle. Um I played in Dallas, Seattle, San Antonio, Denver, Milwaukee. Um, but I kept a home in Seattle. I'd go back in the summers. You couldn't beat Seattle. Um, it, it rained a lot. People complain about that. But uh, you do so much traveling, so it doesn't really matter. You can be in Seattle one day and it's raining in L.A. the next day. I put a metal roof on the house just to hear the rain come down. I wanted to hear it. Didn't rain hard enough for me. But, uh, yeah, I love Seattle. That's how you know it's home. There's people talk these days about basketball returning to Seattle. I mean, how how would you feel about that? Do you think they need a team back in Seattle? Yes. Hopefully by the end of the year, they'll make an announcement. They're going to bring in two new franchises, one in Seattle and one in Las Vegas. Hopefully that's going to take place. Um, they have a new hockey team there, the Kraken. I've had an opportunity to meet the owners. Um, and um, the owners of the Kraken actually going to be the principal on the Sonics when they come back. So I was just recently in Seattle, and this this campaign to bring the Sonics back, so I'm supporting them. We have a lot of former Sonic players that come into Seattle, back to Seattle, just to support, bring the Sonics back. Uh, Gary Payton, um, Sean Kemp, um, a host of guys, Nate McMillan, George Carl, ton of guys come back uh the city deserves another team so we're actually looking forward to it i totally agree i can't wait uh brian what about you i mean st louis atlanta a lot of great memories you know what what's your favorite sports city you've ever called home uh i, w- I would say st louis i mean i just enjoyed the environment there you know baseball was it for st louis fans and everywhere you go they just appreciate you there uh, so I, I have to say St. Louis, no doubt about it. You still owe me that St. Louis jersey, correct? Of the yeah. game of Hawks. I, I thought you let me off the hook, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got it for you, though. I got it for you, no question. 
I believe. I mean, that's I'm excited. You know, you mentioned all the great memorabilia, all the great parts of this show. I'm just excited for the little mini games, the competition. Like, I, yeah. I want to see I want to see you guys get after it. Like, who's the most competitive athlete that you guys have ever played with? Dale, I'll go first. Just like in little locker room competitions like that. It could be Sedale. Well, I, I play golf with Melvin Pender. Melvin is uh, Olympic gold medalist, 68 years old. His birthday was yesterday. So was Chris. Happy birthday, Chris. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. But uh, he, I can't believe Flip it around, Dale. Huh? Flip it around, Dale. He's, he's 86 years old. 86. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to get a full picture. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I played golf with him uh, Monday. And he's kept saying, I'm 68. He had it flipped around. Now I'm saying he's 68. <laughs> 86. 86 years old. He won the gold medal back in uh, 68, 1968. But he's competitive. It's amazing. Uh, you don't you don't ever lose that. You don't. We, we go out. We want to win. But I, I enjoy just being around the guys, you know? It's uh, it's not where you hit the ball. It's the people that you're playing with. You just want to go out and have fun. So it's good exercise too. It's a competitive game. I enjoy it. So it was John Smoltz by far. I mean, this guy was the most competitive guy ever. And uh, we used to play basketball in the off season all the time. I would bring my five. He would bring his five. And he's so competitive, man. He's bringing former NBA players with him. <laughs> Just, just to win, you know, and I'm bringing in great athletes like Delano DeShields who played basketball and Andre Rosen. I mean, we had some competitive games every offseason. But even on the baseball field, man, you, you know, you wouldn't get another, uh, to me, a, a more be a, well, better competitor than Smokes. When he's closing, when he's starting, uh, he would just give it his all. And, uh, you know, I love him. I love him. I love playing behind him because he brings it every day. That is amazing. And and again, that's what we love. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited about this show and its next steps. Uh, Chris, uh, Dale, Brian, thanks everybody. Uh, Chris, anything else that fans need to know about the show? You know, what's next? I, I know at some point you mentioned like live shows maybe in the future. Like what else do fans need to know about My Cave, My Rules? Definitely. Um, We have new episodes every Wednesday pop up live at 8 p.m. Um, and then you it goes across other platforms or on demand the next morning. Um, we also have this sports bar, sports bar tour that we're doing. Uh, some of those episodes coming up will, will be coming to your town um, and taping the show in front of a live audience. And I'll be able to have that and feel that, that, that fandom uh, right in person. I know Brian really loves that and being able to work and interact with the with the fans. So look forward to that. Check us out. Uh, go to my cave, my rules. See more. Amazing. Well, thanks everybody. Hopefully, see you on one of those uh, the sports bar tour. Uh, if you don't come to New York, I'll come find you because that sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> Dale Ellis, Brian Jordan, Chris Amerson. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, and I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Dale Ellis, Brian Jordan, and Chris Amerson. That kind of roundtable discussion is what you can expect from My Cave, My Rules. That's My Cave, My Rules with a Z. Make sure to keep an eye out for it and get your bids in now because competition on that memorabilia will be fierce. 
And if that Brian Jordan 1999 All-Star hat ever hits the market again, I will not lose it. I promise you. So you will not outbid me. I'm like Steve Cohen in the market for that thing. And now a final word from a backup quarterback installed as a starter by a tanking NFL team. You on to see me, coach? Yeah, yeah, it's been a good week running with the twos. I feel like we're pretty close to cracking the code. Passes are going forwards at a moderate velocity. We just need to start getting hands on them. Oh, wow. I, no, I, I didn't know he was hurting that bad. I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, anything for the team. I, I know I'm ready. Yeah, no, only one question so far. Um, am I an idiot? I mean, uh, I mean, do you perceive me to be some kind of doofus? Don't get me wrong, I, I am so thankful for the opportunity, but I'm also not at all. I watch ESPN, I still have basic cable, but also, even if I didn't, I'm well aware we are 1-7, and seven, and also I can see the reflection of your computer in the window, and you've refreshed the Tankathon website eight times during this conversation. No games are occurring right now, that, that will not be changing. Oh, no, 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 it's not that I'm not grateful. I'm, I'm just genuinely wondering if you believe I am a fool and or foolish, because... I'm not going to go out there with my head held high and try to lose. I'm simply not built that way. Too much integrity. I, I work hard every single week, and I may not be as talented as our starter, but I don't lack heart. I may not have as much heart as our starter, but I've got brains. I may have scored lower on the Wonderlick brain test than our starter, but I make a passable omelet. So what, he, uh, he wanted to go along with your sinister little plan? He, uh, you know, he wasn't willing to sell his soul for a higher draft pick. Maybe, maybe you don't even care to tell him. So you faked an MRI and took your nasty little idea straight to the D3 kid who picked up a football for the first time a couple of years ago and threw a football for the first time at practice today just before I walked into this room. Well, maybe that's how things work in your NFL. All right, The league fueled by corporate greed and ruled by the monarchy of the draft king where one day the end zone says, and racism, and the next day it says, and races, because some people stepped on it. That's not my football. Where I'm from, we play because we love it. And I play because one time junior year, I walked into the wrong room for my chemistry lab, and that room was the football stadium. Yes, the room was extremely incorrect. When I pledge allegiance, I don't put my hand on my heart and pray to the almighty dollar. I do that right after the Pledge of Allegiance while I recite my dollar-related poem, which is called Money, 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 I Love It. That's because if you look up my name in the dictionary, you won't see the word quitter. Only thing you'll find are the words large underground channel that carries wastewater away. My name is Jeff Sewer. But you knew that already, probably. And furthermore, it's, what's that now? Oh. Oh, I see. Complete lack of talent, huh? Doesn't know how to use his arms and legs in conjunction with each other, huh? Legally blind, huh? Well, I'll show you. I'll show you all. I am going to go out there on Sunday at kickoff and compete my ass off. And that's exactly what you were hoping for because you're confident I'm bad. No, I got it now. Yeah, yeah, before I even finish the sentence. Yep, sorry. My thanks to Brian Jordan and Dale Ellis and Chris Emerson. See you in two Thursdays.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 